Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Los Angeles friendos, join Going In Raw as we go live on stage with Wrestling With Regrets' Brian Zane September 24th at the Nerdist Showroom in L.A. The link to tickets is in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, Jet Fox, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing, Hey, Randall, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw View, where we take a look at uh, old wrestling pay-per-views. And today we've got a humdinger, Larson. ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling. Wrestling. So uh, we went to the show. Yeah, we were there, um, man. Yeah, and I uh, next to the the the. The skirmish involving uh, XPW, yeah, um, right at the beginning of the Tommy Dreamer match. I literally remember nothing about the show. I don't remember anything about it. I I vaguely remember just knowing that RVD was there. Like I remember RVD. I remember him being there. Um, but you know, this was 17 years ago. Yeah, I don't. I went to WrestleMania 21 in 2005. I barely remember much about that. You know, so I just have got memory and rolls. I guess I do, too. I mean, I went to WrestleMania 2000. I don't remember much about that, but I was also really hungover. Yeah. So well, I attribute well, my well, lack of memory to well, being hungover. That'd be terrible. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we were there. That was that was fun. Um, and uh, I don't remember, man, 2000, like, things were a lot more, people were a lot more loose with their words back then. There was some very cringy moments yes. in this. But, yes. And look, it's not an ex- people should never have been talking that way in the first place. Yes, agreed. I mean, we can have a long, long conversation about, well, it's a different time. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really want to have that conversation right here. Um, it is what it is. It's a, it's a product of its time and of its of its creator, who, by the way, wasn't even there. Paul Heyman, nope. it kind of, it kind of, number one, this was obviously ECW on its last legs. Yeah, I think they lasted about another year or so after this. Maybe two. Um, they were in the midst of a relationship with TNN. A very contentious relationship. That apparently they were not enjoying because yeah. the... 
the heel faction of ECW was called the Network. Right, exactly. Led by, or not led by, was it led by Don Callis? Seems kind of Cyrus. Like, kind of like that was the situation. Yeah, he was, or at least he was the spokesperson. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he was like the liaison for the network. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, that was what he was supposed to do. Um, so, yeah, that was referenced multiple times. But it did, watching this, you know, when you watch uh, an ECW show from 90, I mean, 94 to 98, let's say, even maybe 99, you get this feeling of excitement of everybody's there and we're this upstart thing and we're going to... This was definitely like the... we got to hold this together by any means necessary. Exactly, yeah. Like. And then on top of that, for Heyman not to be there... I know. And I don't know. I don't know if there was a story behind that, like what he was off doing. I'm assuming he was trying to take care of business because like you said, at this point... Wait, wait, was he not even in the arena? Did you read about that or was he just not on camera? I know he was oh, on camera. Dude, if he wasn't on camera, he wasn't there. I can almost guarantee that. Mm. I can almost guarantee that. I mean, are you kidding me? Is that your first time in Los Angeles? Yeah, Paul no. Heyman's not going to show up? Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so, it just... it. I mean, did it feel like ECW in, in some respects? Yeah, it did, because it was ECW. Uh, uh, on the other hand, it kind of didn't because, A, it was in Los Angeles. They had never done that before. B, a lot of these wrestlers I had to look up. Yeah, I know. The roster was, was by this point, um, pretty barren of ECW originals. Right, exactly. I mean, there was no Sabu. Nope. No Shane Douglas. Nope. No Taz. Taz. Um, it's pretty much RVD, Tommy Dreamer, and Just Incredible. Yeah. There's no Dudleys at this point. Right, yeah. Oh, no Sandman was still around. I mean, New uh, Jack was Spike, still there. Spike Dudley was there. New Jack yeah. was on crutches, which was kind of a metaphor there. I mean, but the Scotty Riggs showed up. Yeah. You know, like, it was just, it was a bunch of these, like, sort of fill-in-the-blank guys. So, it was, it was, uh... It seemed like it was a bunch of uh, of, of wrestlers who they brought in um, to, to to kind of fill out the roster. Yeah. Plus, you had, as you mentioned, Scotty Riggs going by Scotty Anton, um, who had, I assume, at that point, been recently released from WCW, mm-hmm. bringing him over. To kind of lend some star power, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just a lot of. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, kick off the show with uh, what the opening thing, the opening skit thing with a uh, uh, skinny blue meanie. Yeah, he was like with, weird with adult film star Jasmine St. Clair. She was like, uh, oh, she was an okay, she was an okay. That's what that's why I knew her. Okay, I didn't know she was like. I forgot if she was an ECW valet. I was like, oh, is she an ECW valet? She used to be on, uh, I think she was on Howard Stern's uh, oh, show okay, okay. quite a bit. Anyway, they're on the beach, and she was wearing literally the minimum amount you can wear without showing everybody what your genitalia looks like. Because mm-hmm. like, like, she had on like a little bikini with like like the sl- smallest sliver of like white cloth covering up her nurples. Yeah. And then, uh, and, but yeah, uh, Blue Meanie was doing this weird like fat shaming gimmick. Because, like, he had slimmed down. Yeah. And there was, like, a, a fit guy on the beach that Blue Meanie, like, kicked sand on or something and started calling him fat. And then the camera panned over and there was a... Uh, what was his name? Sinister Minister. Sinister Minister. Yeah, but what was his name name? Oh, it's... Uh, James Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, James Mitchell. And Mikey Whipwreck. And Mikey Whipwreck was, like, buried... On the beach, yeah. like from his head up, like it was like getting washed in the waves and yeah. he was just laughing. So they were supposed to be like crazy cult people, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Okay. So that was weird. 
We were kind of watching ECW's TV at this point. Were we? A this was two, what, wait, when this was it? This was 2000. This was July 2000? Was it July 2000? So I remember watching their TNN uh, programming off and on. Yeah. I didn't watch it every week. July 16, 2000. Where did I live? Not the house. Was I in the, I was in the dorms? No. Thing. You might have been in Hollywood. No, I moved to Hollywood till uh, till 2001. Oh, okay. It was November of uh, 2001. Yeah, I don't know that. Was Jeff at the house? Big Jim? No. Me and him were probably in an apartment. Oh, that's apartment. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah we, were in, we were in an apartment on uh, Balboa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. So long ago. I know. So we came and relived in July 2000. So weird. Because I bounced around a lot. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, I do remember. I do remember kind of like the Grand Olympic Auditorium. I love those old buildings. Man. Yeah. I love like you can't. You, there's not a lot of those left. You know, where it's just like an old. It's like you know. I, I liken it to probably LA's version of the what's the one the Sportatorium. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, it kind of did have that feel. I kind of yeah, remember yeah, yeah, that yeah. aspect of it. Just an old building. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not a lot of frills. No, none whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, I kicked off with that beach segment. Uh, and then uh, Joel Gertner comes down. Uh, we're in the ring now. Yeah, him and Joey Styles are in the ring. Yeah. And uh, Gertner is dropping a hell of a promo uh, where he uses some not-so-subtle terminology. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. Various. Not a whole lot of innuendo there. No, no, not at all. Um, but it was all very clever at the time, and we were young, so we thought it was awesome. Uh, then uh, Cyrus comes out. Did they refer to him as Cyrus or Don Callis? His, uh, yeah. Yeah. His his badge said Don Callis quite prominently, <laughs> but I believe they referred to him as Cyrus, too. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, Don Callis comes out. Um, the crowd starts chanting, uh, S that D. <laughs> and uh, man, he let the he let the homophobic slurs fly, man. Woo, woo, man! If that happened today, Twitter would be a buzz. Twitter would blow up if anybody tried that in a wrestling promotion today or in any form of pop culture entertainment today. Um, so the less said about that, the better. Yeah, that was that was hard to watch. Him and Gertner uh, go at it because Don Callis, I think, fired Joel Gertner or Gertner quit. Uh, Gertner was doing commentary and then didn't want to do it or something. And so, yeah, that happened. And then they started fighting. Yeah. And then uh, Cyrus did commentary for the whole show with Joey yeah. Styles. Cyrus, when Cyrus wasn't, because from then on, he wasn't really that offensive. Like, no, they, no, they no. were doing the lecherous stuff with him and Don Marie. Well, I guess that was, some of that was kind of off-putting. But she was really good with comebacks, too. No, well, that, that was the thing about that was... <sighs> I mean, yeah, she was playing like you know the the dumb, sexy, you know. But she has some good comebacks. But she had stuff. she had some good comebacks. There was some witty band, and you can tell. The thing is, you can tell they were all having a good time with it, and so it's like it's not like he's being cruel or anything. Yeah, he's just like being sort of lecherous with her. They understand his performance exactly, and so I don't know. I thought that he was kind of. I thought that they, I thought they were charming. I thought it was charming whenever they would go to them. It was so. It felt like some old school stuff. It felt like a. Like George Burns and his wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it just yeah, felt yeah. like that old school yeah. kind of dynamic. And I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but anyways... Uh, and then the show just kind of started with uh, <laughs> Sal E. Granziano taking yeah. on Balls Mahoney. 
There was no ring announcer saying this match is happening. It just started to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was short. I like that. I noticed this. I'm looking at my notes right now. Somebody, like, threw up a sign that they had written. It said, Los Angeles, home of ECW. Like, wouldn't it have been more appropriate to say Los Angeles welcomes ECW? Temporary home of ECW. <laughs> One-time stop. I know. Today, the home of ECW. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's weird. Fell uh, uh, wins with the belly-to-belly suplex. It was a really short match. Yeah. Not much to talk I couldn't about. find out. I'm, this is messed up to say. So I'm assuming Big Sal's dead. Um, but I, I tried looking him up, and I, I found somebody named Big Val. But, like, look, there's no Wikipedia entry on him here. Yeah, that's weird. Big Sal ECW. Oh, Graziano. Sorry, I had an extra N. Yeah, Sal E. Graziano. It's right here. Oh, really? Well, he's he's part of the the FBI. No, wait. Yeah, he was just part of the FBI, but then try to find him. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. Let's see. Let's go to cage match. Oh, wait a second. Look at this. October 2015. Oh, bite my words. He's alive. Cool. September 2015, an interview with, uh, of course, Russell's own in their ads. It's okay. Trying to make money, but a little intrusive. Um, Big Sal interviewed. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. He was in a movie in 2010 called Hardcore Justice. Cool. Okay, I'm going to shut up then. The other, there was another one, I think Big Val, I think he was another guy who had come through ECW, and he ended up dying. So that's why I got the two of them confused. And Big Sal is such a big dude. Yeah, he's, you know, you know the, the mortality rate on that isn't great. But uh, good for him. That's awesome. Uh, Next, we had an interview, or sorry, a promo backstage with Bill Alfonso. Yeah, they were letting the, the, they were letting the F-bombs fly, man. They were like, we know we're on paper. You can say yeah. what we want. Yeah. Uh, RVD is not at his best when he's intense guy. He's best when he's like, hey, man. Kind of smug. Smug. A lot mellow. Yeah. Guy you'd want to hang out with. This guy, he was like yelling at the camera. Because he was betrayed by apparently who was supposed to be his former best friend, Scotty Anton. Yeah, that's weird. Scotty Riggs is supposed to be his best friend. Yeah. Kind of weird. So. Yeah. That's all about. Um, I love. Oh. You know, it's also RVD did not shave his body hair. I noticed that. He had a lot of body hair. It was up on his shoulder. It was right on here. his shoulder body hair, yeah. So that's how you kind of know they don't care. Because they're probably, at this point, you know, at this point, they were probably like, man, Paul's really late on his payments to us. Because Paul's not even here today. <laughs> Why should I be here? <laughs> exactly. Uh, then we had like a flashback to ECW TV with Bobby Eaton. Yeah. So apparently Bobby Eaton is friends with uh, uh, Danny Doring, Roadkill, and Kid Cash. Yeah. And uh, Swinger and Simon and C.W. Anderson uh, attacked Bobby Eaton. Yeah, during an episode of Hardcore TV. Right, exactly. So, a couple of interesting notes here. Uh, Simon Diamond? No, Swinger, the Swinger guy. Yeah, Johnny Swinger. Johnny Swinger. Wait, maybe no, I think it was Simon, actually. I think it was Simon. He was one of the guys that was just let go from TNA with Al Snow oh, and the, Hurricane the, Helms. The, uh, his last name was Kenny. Yeah, he was the other agent that oh, was let okay. go. So he's still around, still in the business. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Swinger co-hosts the Raven Effect with Raven oh, on the podcast. That's cool. So they're all still. I like when people are doing well because too many times you get you, you get on these old shows. You're like, what happened to that guy? Dead, dead, dead. You know. But he's still around. Kid Cash still wrestling. 
Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, he does. His uh, gimmick back then was pretty much Kid Rock. He looked exactly like Kid Rock. He really did. And then it didn't, you know, he, he had the hat and he yeah. had the wore shirt open like Kid Rock did back yeah. then. And then who the hell is Lou E. Dangerously? He was, he was wasn't that a sign guy, Dudley? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. I that think. was weird. So they had, so Paul Heyman wasn't there, so they just dolled the guy up to look like Paul E. Dangerously. Yeah. And they call him Lou E. Dangerously. Yeah. So I don't know what that storyline was all about. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, Sun Guy Dudley. Okay. Lou E. Dangerously. Um, so, yeah, it was a six-man tag match featuring Simon Diamond, Swinger, and C.W. Anderson. You know what? I'll, I'll take this moment to mention this, though. So ECW had its problems. The, you know, the originals weren't really there anymore. There wasn't a bad match. No. There was not a bad match. Most of these matches were really, really entertaining. And, you know, I didn't even notice. I mean, I know they were there. There were plenty. Like Steve Carino, there's plenty of blood, lots of blood being spilled. Some hardcore spots, yeah. There were some hardcore spots. But it wasn't, like, over the top, like, everybody. I don't remember much about, like, I don't remember sitting there being like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Some, of the, some of the Sandman Rhino stuff, there was some stuff there that I was like, oh, they probably shouldn't be doing that. But beyond that, there wasn't a lot that, that really felt like they were being extra hardcore. There was a lot of really good wrestling on this mm-hmm. card. A lot of entertaining wrestling, yeah. A lot of entertaining wrestling, yeah. Um, uh, Kid Cash, Danny Doring, and Roadkill Yeah, were the other two. I remember Roadkill. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would do some high-flying stuff. Him and Danny Doring, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, Roadkill was cool, man. He would get it, yeah, like you said, he'd do some high-flying stuff. So it's crazy to see a giant guy like that, dude. I know. Yeah. Um, Kid Cash picked up the win with his um, moneymaker finisher. Yeah, it was a J driller. Mm-hmm. Um, pinning Swinger. Mm-hmm. As you said, entertaining match. It was an entertaining match. Like people brought the people. Uh, the thing about ECW, I wonder at what point WWE, WWF, whoever, like whichever it was, would you know? We we talk about the Cruiserweight Classic. They come over to Two Hundred Five Live. And it just feels like they're they're told to wrestle a certain WWE style, like variations on a WWE style. And I wonder if it, if that ever wasn't the case, because it feels like an ECW just feels like go out and do whatever you can do best. Yeah, that's how it felt. Oh yeah, and that's what really stood out with ECW is like everybody just well, even, to do what they did. Best. Even the undercard in WCW that was that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. They weren't trying to shoehorn uh, competitors into a certain style. They're just right. letting them go out there and wrestle the best they can. Yeah. Um, uh, next, we had a Rhino, Rhino promo. Again, using the F-bomb, trying to get demonetized on YouTube as yeah, Rhino. Yeah. yeah. Not, he wasn't eating cheese Whiz and crackers back then. No, he wasn't running for public office either. He was the TV champion. He was. And him and Sandman had a pretty hot rivalry going. Involved, yeah, uh, Sandman's wife was involved. She was very involved. She took a, a pile driver through a table. Off, yeah, off an apron through a table. Yeah. That was insane. That was insane. And then uh, Sandman picked her up, and then they both got speared through a table. Yeah. I mean, it was like New Japan these days, but like with a wife. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Steve Carino came out with Jack Victory. Jack yep. Victory, wasn't he part of the Tommy uh, Hot Stuff International? Hot Stuff International, yeah. Uh, Carino comes out, and uh, you know immediately he's going to believe in this match. Yeah. He was like, you know, it's him and Flair. As far as I'm concerned, in terms of guys who can just, like, bleed and it was they amazing. They were showing, uh, somewhere else in the show, uh, a flashback. I think it was during the the uh, Rhino Sandman uh, package where he comes out to get involved there. And he had his head bandaged up and his oh, hair was red. Oh, great, yeah. Apparently he just bled all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Steve Carino took on Jerry Lynn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Carino busted open pretty early in the match. Mm-hmm. It looked like the spot was a tornado DDT. They were showing replays. I noticed this. There was a spot before where Carino's on the ground. As soon as he hits, he starts going to his wrist tape, <laughs> pulls something out, takes a tornado DDT, and as soon as he lays on the concrete, uh-huh. his hands go into his head. <laughs> It's like the most obvious blade job like, I've seen. It's like he comes out there and he just immediately numbs it right here just so he can get a giant gash. I know, because he was bleeding all over the place. The, the oh, ring yeah. was just covered in his blood it for the was, rest of the it show. It was disgusting. And also it was during this, and I know it was probably evident really early on, but it was during this, because they were doing that kind of stuff, that I realized there were no mats on the outside. Yeah. There were no mats. That was terrifying. Like Bill Watts was in charge. Uh, so, yeah, let's see here. Oh, there was that great bit. Where Jerry Lynn writes the word die in blood on his own, like, stomach. That was rad. I know. He's, like, using Carino's blood as war paint. Mm-hmm. Really disgusting. Yeah, super Super gross. not hygienic. Not at all. But really cool looking. It was. Um, there's a ref bump. I always mm-hmm. make note of ref bumps. The ref bumps are great. Um, not only was he bumped, but also uh, Jack Victory was trying to throw powder in the eyes of Jerry oh, Lynn. Yeah, Jerry yeah, Lynn evaded right. it. Instead, yeah. it went right into the eyes of the ref. Mm-hmm. And there was a ref bump. Yeah. Um, at one point, Jack Victory hits Jerry Lynn with a cowbell mm-hmm. right as the ref comes to. Um, Carino goes for the cover, but Jerry Lynn kicks out. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lynn eventually won with a cradle pile driver. Mm-hmm. So that was a really fun match. Yeah. That's probably the, I would say the best match on the card. Yeah. No, I would. I would. I would agree with that. Fast paced. Jerry Lynn always delivered in the ring. Yeah. Good match. Good match. Next, we had a Sandman promo. He and his wife were backstage. This was fantastic. And, he, uh, the number one, what, what's my rule about promos? It's really difficult to cut a great promo while you're sitting on a couch. Yeah. Really difficult to do that. And Sandman's there without a shirt on. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Huh. Did you ever think the Sandman would have uh, that much definition in his upper body? <laughs> no, not really. He always wears a t-shirt. And he's got yeah. you know, a prominent yeah, beer sure, belly. Yeah, yeah. And he was sitting there with that shirt, and I was like, wow, yeah. he has some muscle definition. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Well, he was a surfer at one time. Uh, his wife looked thoroughly, number one, she was the most wife-looking person I've ever seen. Number two, she looked thoroughly, like, just dejected. She did not well, want to. she took a pile driver through a table. I'm sure it was in character. She did not want to be there. But I also got the hint that maybe she actually didn't well, want to be there. Well, what followed, I would understand. Yeah. So as Sam is doing his promo, Rhino creeps around the corner with uh, a kendo stick yeah. and then smacks Sandman right in the back of the head with it. <laughs> like, that, doesn't that violate some rule about promos? Like, you're sitting there on a couch backstage delivering a promo. I don't think your opponent is allowed to come up from behind and attack That was ECW, you. man. They broke the rules. All the rules are off. Everything is, uh, yeah, everything's out the window. And so the Rhino tries to put Sandman's wife's head in the toilet. Yeah, that was awesome. That made me very happy. That's probably the part that she was not cool with. Uh, <laughs> I had not thought about that. That's actually a good point. And put two and two together there. Um, so after that... Um, back to Cyrus and Joey Styles. They bring up Don Marie to mm-hmm. join them on commentary. Yeah, and yeah, that's when all the the banter between everybody begins. Um, out comes New Jack on crutches. On crutches, broken leg. Very sad. Um, has a broken leg. Apparently, said from diving off something in Milwaukee. <laughs> that sounds about right. And so he's out there starting to cut a promo. Uh, the Baldies. Yeah, I had never. I didn't know who these people were. Came out and attacked them. Yeah. Um, Nova, former BWO member. Remember Nova? Him? Yeah, he was wearing and, the Flash costume. Yep. And Chris Chetty mm-hmm. came out to make the save. 
That led to a tag match between the Baldies and Nova and Chris Chetty. And I got to tell you, Chris Chetty's pants look super comfy. They look like they're maybe kind of like velvet. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, And they're baggy. They look really comfortable. Yeah, those are good. I like those. There was this one awesome spot where Nova hit one of the Baldies with two pile drivers. This is all in a row. Mm-hmm. Pile driver picked them up. Pile driver picked mm-hmm. them up. Powerball. Yeah. It was awesome. That was great. That should be a creative finisher in 2K18. Yeah. That would be mine. Oh, but I'd want both pile drivers to be from, from the, the second, second rope. rope. And yeah. then the top rope, Powerball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'd be the most involved time-consuming finisher potentially ever. Oh, but it'd be devastating. Yeah. Beat everybody with it. Um, Nova and Chetty picked up the win. They, did, they stood side-by-side on the top or the second rope. And simultaneously, uh, one of them did a splash, the other one did a leg drop. Yeah, yeah. So I've never seen that before. Uh, no, it was good stuff. Um, next up, uh, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer had a promo where he, he kept smashing his head into a locker. He was like whining about being a wrestler or something. It was like, I'm all, I never got my big payout. I never got my big payout. Like, you, you've been working for the wrong guys, Tommy. Yeah, you know, you can just take a trip up the road to, <laughs> to Connecticut and probably get a guaranteed paycheck. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't want to bash your head into a locker a dozen times and leave blood all over the place. <laughs> you have choices in life, Tommy. Like, I understand. It's funny, too, because, like, Tommy aged pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, he looked just way older than he did only, like, two years earlier. I know. At this show, he's probably, what, 32? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looked like he was at least 40. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, he just keeps on banging his head into a locker. To me, I mean, to me, the like, the, the, the cost there isn't worth... The reward. It's not worth what, you know, what the effectiveness of his promo. No. I could have done without that. You know, the promo. Because when he's doing that, I just feel like now he's got a headache. I know. Because I can't feel good. It was a very, uh, when I was watching that, it reminded me a lot of stuff that uh, Mick Foley used to do in ECW. Yeah. In terms of the, like, the, the, the emotional spectrum he would run during the course of his promo and then involving stuff that involved head trauma. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple promos where... Uh, uh, either he was pulling hair out of his head. He used to do that as mankind all the time. Yeah. Or just hit himself with something. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it was all to set up his match against Just Incredible in the main event. Yeah. yeah. What, they, what was the stipulation of this match? I know it was just like barbed wires hanging over the ring, but they had a name for it. Stairway to Hell? Oh, was that what it was? Something like that. That makes sense because, yeah, Just Incredible did not want, he didn't want barbed wire. No, he's, he was a wrestler. He was a wrestler, a professional wrestler. With giant teeth. Yes, yeah, Stairway to Hell is what it's called. Okay. Uh, what it, my, my notes start to dissipate at this point. Yeah, that tends to happen. <laughs> Next up, uh, I believe we have the Fatal 4-Way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Guido versus Psychosis. The international Fatal 4-Way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Psychosis versus Tajiri versus uh, Mikey Whipwreck inserted himself at one point, as did yeah. Tony Mamaluke. Mm-hmm, yeah. But Tony Mamaluke was in the match for very long. Right. Tajiri was awesome. Oh, he was fantastic. I forget how awesome he was. Oh, he was great, dude. People loved him for good reason. He was fantastic. Psychosis is really good, too. Yeah. That was a lot of He fun. had a top rope leg drop on Mikey Whipwreck. It looked like it hurt. Although, this is weird. Did Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero looked exactly like. They looked a lot alike. No, not really. You don't think so? No. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Now that I think about it, Juventud is a very pretty man. Psychosis is like a normal looking dude. They both had long hair, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, during that top or after that top top rope leg drop uh, on Mikey Whipwreck, um, Guido went in, tossed Psychosis aside, got the pin for himself. Mikey Whipwreck was first eliminated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Tajiri pinned Psychosis with a German suplex. Mm-hmm. Beautiful German suplex. Yeah. Um, 
and then it was just down to to, to Guido and Tajiri. A lot of good spots. Brought mm-hmm. out chair. Yeah. A lot of really fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, the finish saw Tajiri use the green mist, hit a, a brain buster on Guido on top of a chair, picked up the win. Yeah. It was good stuff. I love the green mist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And here. then we had the just incredible Francine promo. Oh, yeah. Poor Francine. She had to go from the franchise to just incredible. Mm. Just incredible came out. He, he came off as one. Number, he's a decent wrestler. Yeah. But, like, he also came off as one of those guys who, like, he overcompensated for, like, his lack of natural charisma by just being loud yeah. and a bit obnoxious. Um, and I think he was one of those guys, like Rhino, that Paul Heyman would put the belt on because he knew that he probably wasn't going anywhere else. Yeah. And not to worry about him showing up in WWF, yeah. like, dumping the belt in the, the belt in a garbage can or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, or doing, like, whatever Mikey Awesome, Mike Awesome did. What did he do? Didn't well, he, he have, signed like, with WCW while he was still ECW champion. And so Taz had to come from WWE to beat him right. with the belt. Yeah, that's so weird. It is weird. Yeah. Um, next, Sandman versus Rhino for the TV title. You know what I kind of like about this match? Mm. They, the whole story of the match was centered around a piece of guardrail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It was, it was cool. Good. Yeah. Did you notice this? Before, when the Sandman was making his way down to the ring, which seemed to take 15 minutes. Oh, my God, that was forever. He, he stood, like right as he came down into camera, uh, he stood, opened a beer, and there's this guy next to him in a Philadelphia Flyer jersey. But do you see what he, what he asked him before he gave him the beer? Oh, did he ask me if he was 21? <laughs> he said, how old are you? And the guy said, 23. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't notice that. I just thought, the, uh, oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Oh, that's, hey, good for Sandman. Yeah. Wouldn't have thought that he would have, uh, maybe he got in trouble for that before. Could be. That could be. That's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. But this was actually a pretty fun match. They, they they were creative in their use of that guardrail. Yeah, sure, yeah. A lot of spots that hurt. Yeah. It looked the, like yeah. they hurt. Um, at one point, Jack Victory and Steve Carino come to the ring to try to help Rhino. And that's when Steve Carino has his head wrapped up yeah. and blood everywhere. Yeah, I know. That was great. Um, Spike Dudley comes out mm-hmm. um, with a, a, some sort of leg brace on, either from a blown-out knee or a broken leg. I think that's said he broke his leg. Ugh. And then he promptly got pile-driven through a table to the floor yeah. by Rhino. Yeah, that's good. I forgot that was Rhino's gimmick at the time. He was just pile-driving everybody through tables. <laughs> See, that de- 17 years later, that's like the thing in New Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, pile-drivers through tables. <laughs> or slipping off a table and onto the floor. Yeah. Um, the finish of the match saw Rhino pile drive Sam in onto the guardrail. Oh, that was good, yeah. By the end of the match, the guardrail was like... It was all bent up. And you know, it was up, all yeah. curved. That was great. They t- did so many spots with it. But it was it was interesting rather than just dump a bunch of weapons to the ring. They said, all right, we're going to use this one weapon and center the entire match around guardrails to hurt someone with a guardrail. Guardrail. So Rhino wins, retains the TV title. Yes. Next, Scotty Anton. Scotty, Scotty Riggs. Riggs. As they refer to him, the U.S. mail, not the American mail. Not the American mail, the U.S. mail. Um, he was trying to give everybody the clap. That was his gimmick. Yeah. So he would just go around yeah. doing this. And then, of course, that led to like a ton of like Don Marie and Don Callis Cyrus uh, talking about the clap. Yeah. And, you know, jokes therein. Yeah. So. I kind of remember that angle and how awful it was. But, but just Anton's yeah. clap thing. He seemed to know it was crap, too. It's like it's like a half joke that they then turn into an entire gimmick. I know. It was just weird. I mean, they knew that he was, you know, not going to be there very long. No. He was there to take on Rob Van Dam, who apparently was at one point his former best friend. <laughs> uh, maybe back when Rob Van Dam was just getting started in WCW. That could be. Rob Van Dam did not seem... I think... I, my thing is this. I think Rob Van Dam, especially by this point, 
seriously knew that he was worth a couple million dollars oh, a yeah. year. Like and the promos he was doing back in 97 were still applicable then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can go somewhere else. And wait, what, what did he say? My name is worth more here and other places or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, by this point, it was like at a boiling point because he was about to make the jump and just make gobs of money with WWE. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would imagine, you know, all those late paychecks he was probably getting from, or not getting from Paul Heyman. Yeah, starting to frustrate him a little yeah, bit. he was like, no, I'm not going to shave my shoulders today, Paul. I know. No, I can't afford the razor. Because <laughs> you haven't paid me yet. Um, this match was kind of okay. Nothing spectacular. I mean, it's always great to see RVD do a five-star frog splash and then jump across the ring for a Van Terminator. Oh, yeah, the Van Terminator. And the crowd is so hot for him. Oh, yeah. They were, he, he was, was massively super over. Super over, It's still man. kind of surprising they never put the uh, world title on him while he was in the original ECW. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know why they never, I don't know why they ever did that. Or never did that. Didn't need to. Guess not. He was over enough. Didn't need it. He, he was made, above the belt. He, you know, and he, made, he made that TV title. Yeah, he did. He made that thing. He had that thing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not much of a match. I mean, it was a long match. They gave it time, and it was okay, but mm-hmm. nothing really noteworthy. Um, which brought us to our main event, Just Incredible with Francine mm-hmm. versus Tommy Dreamer, who came out with Jazz and George. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. No. Yeah, sounds cool. What this we do remember, one, though, is, yeah. is uh, so Tommy Dreamer, Just Incredible comes out first. Tommy Dreamer comes out. Um, they announce them. They're in the ring, middle of the ring, staring at each other. And there's a good, there's a decent, like, sort of close-up, medium close-up on them. And they're sort of jawing at each other a yeah, little bit. Yeah, the yeah. ref comes up, and they, and the ref sort of keeps on looking over to the side. Well, then, yeah, then Tommy Jimmer starts doing side-eye. Yeah, he's, that part yeah of the, exactly. Of, of the seats. Apparently, yeah. the, in the front row, only thing I remember about being at the show, because we were directly across the arena from where the XPW guys were Right, there. yeah. So, and uh, we, I think we knew that, too. Oh, yeah. We knew that they were Oh, there. yeah, we spot them during the yeah, show, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I guess what I read happened is you know, WWE.com or the, the you their .com has they produced a video about this oh really it was when it, it was titled something like and it was fairly recent it was something like when the outlaws invaded the hardcore icons or something like that and uh, and it's all it's all just sort of music stills and like uh, infographics, text, text graphics. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm surprised that they addressed yeah, it because no. on the show, I mean, during the ECW broadcast, um, the only thing uh, uh, Joey Styles says is, "Oh, it looks like some of the fans are getting too rowdy over there yeah, yeah, yeah. with their beer." So they gave XPW zero. Well, I don't even know if they they might even know what was going on at that point. I mean, Joey might not have known who was, what was May, going on. Maybe, maybe, but I don't know. It's, what I read is that they were down there, and then uh, during that moment. They took their shirt, their shirts off. They, you know, so they had XPW shirts on, mm-hmm. and was just trying to get some publicity mm-hmm. at ECW's expense. Yeah. Um, Dreamer notices it. Notices the ruckus goes down there. Francine goes down there and is mad. I just oh, she's pissed. I just love that. So Dreamer and and uh, Justin Credible are standing there, like supposed to be like enemies and stuff. And Dreamer basically says. Okay, hold on. I, you stay here. I gotta go take care of this. Yeah, you know, because he knows that they can't both go down there and, yeah. and be in cooperation with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Justin Credible picks it. He just gets a chair and he sits it in the middle of the in the of the ring. Yeah. And gets like a water bottle. Francine, like you said, is pissed off because evidently one of them like made a grab for her or something. Yeah, like that. that instigated the fight. And the, the locker room comes running out. The ECW in, in, locker in the, room in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, right, between right, right. the XPW people and some ECW people. Yeah, which by all accounts, ECW won handily. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I remember about the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
decent match, I guess. Use some weapons. Um, I have here that Just Incredible was busted open pretty early. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, they start fighting up into the stands. I never understood why people, like, they would take the, the fight into the stands when someone's bloody. I never uh, got that. That's yeah, safe. it doesn't seem safe, but I don't really think they cared about that. Maybe stuff, not. You know. I don't know. You're just, you know, you're too, in their eyes, you're too, for lack of a better word, you're too sensitive if you can't hack some guys fighting next to you with blood all over the place. Oh, yeah, I just don't want someone else's blood <laughs> splattered all over me. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you on that one. They fight up into the stands. Uh, Tommy goes down and sets up a ladder on top of the merch table. <laughs> And I guess he's trying to do something. Justin uh, pushes him off the ladder, and, and Tommy goes to the merch table. Yeah. No more merch for sale. No more merch. All done. If you haven't bought it by now, too bad. Yeah. Um, they go back to the ring. They fight some more. Uh, Tommy sets up a ladder to try to climb up to get the barbed wire that's hanging above the ring. Francine pulls him off. Mm-hmm. Um, Jazz and George go into the ring to confront Francine, and then George swerves Jazz. Oh, she's And then she hugs Francine. They embrace. Yeah, and then Jazz takes off Francine's top. Yeah, and she's got like two X's covering her, like a uh, tape, electrician tape covering her nipples. Yeah. And then she holds her breasts and then runs away. Roll, well, she rolls out of the ring and then she puts on Justin Credible's t-shirt. Oh, oh, I thought she ran off. Okay. No. All right. Um, and then uh, Justin Credible gives Jazz a tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Um, shortly after that, Tommy scales the ladder, gets the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Tommy wraps the barbed wire around the ring, um, sends Justin Credible on top of it. Um, the man area first. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but I don't know if Justin Credible's jorts were enough to protect. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's that, like, sort of gap there between, like, end of the crotch and jorts. Yeah. Jort crotch. Not enough to, to absorb the blow of barbed wire. I think he was so just fine. His front area didn't get yeah. barbed wired. Yeah. Didn't um, end up with a smooth front area. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Credible tombstones Tommy on top of the barbed wire. That was the only point in this match I was like... Oh, I know. When he did that, I was like, oh, that's just because here's the thing. It's not necessarily, oh, that's going to hurt. It's, oh, that's going to be so awkward to get out. Well, my, like, I mean, because it wasn't like flat. It was a ball of barbed wire. So my thing was like, oh, he's going to do that. And like eyes. Eyes, yeah. That's the thing that bugged me. Uh, Pulling the hair is whatever. Um, that didn't finish the job. Tommy kicked out. Yeah. So Justin gave him a second tombstone, mm-hmm. not on barbed wire, mm-hmm. and retained the ECW title. Good job, Justin Credible. Good job, Justin Credible. And then a year later, ECW folded. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so what are our choices for next week, Steve? Glad you asked, Larson. Next week, we've got uh, the beginnings of each of the past three eras, not counting the modern era. Reality era. Real- <laughs> reality era. Um, first up, we have the first Raw of... The Attitude Era. That was December 15th, 1997. That's, that's the one that includes that, that little speech that Vince McMahon gave. No longer are we doing cartoon characters and over-the-top things. We're more contemporary now. Like he just had to spill it out. Instead of just showing it, instead of just doing it, he just had to talk about it. Uh, next up, we have the, the first episode of the Ruthless Aggression Era. Uh, Raw, June 24th, 2002. Vince McMahon officially called it at that point. We're in the ruthless aggression era. Some people sort of, you know, uh, it might have actually began before then. Like, I don't know when Cena came out and said ruthless aggression. But uh, but anyway, when Vince says we're in the ruthless aggression era, we're in the ruthless aggression era. We'll call that the first one. And then the first episode of the PG era, uh, which uh, people call, uh, say it's July 25th, 2008, SmackDown. July that was the first 25th. Uh, episode of WWE television. 
That was literally PG. Yeah, yeah. Before it was PG DVL, which I think stands for violence. Probably one of those is sex. The other one is I don't know, language. I know yeah, L's yeah. language. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Those are your three options, three eras to choose from. Probably everybody can choose Attitude Era because people love the Attitude yeah. Era. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll find out. And the winner is the first episode of the Ruthless Aggression Era. Again, Vince had to spell it out for us. Again, Vince had to say, this is what i That's it for now. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.